you can see the path or the devices that that, it, that, that uh, device is connected to. And that way, your issue may not be on that device. You may have to hop on another device, but you're able to get a view of it, kind of a picture of how that network is. Welcome to Debt Free and IT. I'm your host, Mike. This podcast is for anyone who's looking to get into the IT industry, whether it's for a career change or you're just interested, I think you come to the right place. So in today's episode, we're talking about what a day in the life of a network engineer may look like. So with any networking position, you could very well see the same thing. Usually the only difference is a network engineer may be the one that tackled the harder uh, issues that come along during the day, where the network admin, network analysts, Usually they're a little bit lower than the network engineer. And then also after the network engineer, you also go into where you some companies will have a senior networking engineer. And then some of them will even have a senior architect. So uh, it's just going to depend on the company. But most companies will always have that network engineer. And then the lower level would be a network analyst, network admin or network technician. So a day in the life of a network engineer, it could encompass every one of those positions. So what we're going to discuss today, you could see that if you're a network technician or if you're a network admin, you could come along and see some of the same issues and the same things that we're going to talk about. So let's look at some responsibilities of a network engineer. So pretty much the first responsibility of a network engineer is going to be monitoring your network and doing network maintenance. So pretty much you can uh, monitor your network for issues Usually the issues you're looking at is going to be issues that you can kind of be proactive to instead of being reactive. So you're looking at issues in the whole environment, things that maybe you can get to jump on and get resolved before it becomes a big issue where everyone notices or it starts to cause some kind of issues or downtime in your network. So usually this is done by using your monitoring equipment. So every networking team is going to have some sort of software uh, one popular one may be a SolarWinds where you have your networking devices imported into um, that application. And then that application kind of gives you a brief review of how your network devices are doing. So, for instance, uh, with a lot of your Cisco devices or any kind of network device, you're going to have your um, the power supplies. So what this monitoring software could do is if one of the power supplies go bad and it needs to be changed, then that power, that net, that net, that monitoring application could trigger a um, notification or alert where you may have it being emailed to you to let you know that, okay, one of the uh, power supplies on this device needs to be changed. That way you can go in and get it changed instead of that power supply going out. And then if it doesn't have a backup power supply, then that device going down, causing network downtime for your company or for your environment. So doing this network monitoring is something that you have to stay on top of and you want to um, at least come in and try to look at your monitoring software usually every day just to make sure uh, there's no issues that you could go ahead and resolve before it becomes a big issue. And then also, besides network monitoring, you're going to be, this is where you're going to be doing some of your uh, maintenance, uh, some of your iOS upgrades. So let's say if security sends a report that you have this device or a couple of devices that needs this configuration changed on it. 
So this is where you're going to be going in and making those changes. And uh, some of them may even require a change management, which is one of the other responsibilities we're going to get into. And I'll go over what change management is. So some of them may require that. And then also this is where you're going to go in and do your configuration cleanup because as we all know, usually in a large environment or depending on the size of your team, usually if I put up a piece of equipment, then my coworker put up a piece of equipment, I'm willing to bet the bank that those configurations are going to be totally different than what it should be. So everyone has their way of, you know, that they're configuring their devices. But usually, in most cases, that department, you usually want to have a unified set of configurations for certain departments. Then that way, you can't tell the difference if I put it up or if my coworker put it up. So you want to have that unified um, configuration standard for your department. So this is where, like I said, as a network engineer, you're going to be responsible for some network monitoring and also maintenance and just making sure your network is always up and running for the users. So the next responsibility of a network engineer is going to be, you're pretty much going to be doing your network configurations and also doing troubleshooting. So this could be configuring new devices to be deployed in a certain environment, or this could be uh, replacing devices that done went bad and done went down. So sometimes, uh, in a networking environment, you do have switches that go down. You do have routers that go down. You do have APC equipment that, um, that your devices are plugged into that may have issues. So this is where you're going to be troubleshooting those issues. And then also, this is where you're going to be taking a lot of your calls. So you're going to be taking daily calls. Those calls can come from a wide range of people. So most of the time, those calls probably shouldn't be coming from end users that has problem. Usually uh, they're not going to be the ones contacting you directly. Usually their form of communication should be a ticket from the help desk, but uh, sometimes it does slip through where someone may call you directly. But in most cases, you're going to be working closely with your IT peers. So your other departments in IT. Um, one in particular is going to be desktop. So usually desktop is probably going to be your main point of contact, usually because desktop, let's think about a desktop. Usually they're the eyes and the ears, the boots on the ground. So they're the ones that's getting tickets about PCs uh, having issues. Then they may go look at that PC and come to find out it's not a PC issue. It's a networking issue. So what the desktop team may do is they're the ones that they have access to go in the closets, just like a network engineer do. So they're working on a ticket. PC has issues. They go look at it. It's a networking issue. They may go in the closet and see that, okay, the port that this PC is connected to is down. It doesn't have no lights. So it could be, okay, let me move it to another port. Or it could be, let me contact someone from networking and have them take a look at it. So when they contact you in networking, pretty much you're going to be the one going in on the switch, checking out the port. You know, if the port's down, you may uh, enable the port. So you're going to be working closely with that desktop team. So usually um, their issues may relay over to the networking realm to where you may have to uh, help them out and uh, work as a team. So like I said, the second responsibility that most network engineers may have, and also, like I said, this doesn't pertain to just network engineers. It's just networking in general is network configuration 
and troubleshooting issues. So if you're finding value in this episode and you're listening on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app, please leave me a quick review or a comment. If you have a friend who needs to hear this, please share this episode with them. So the next responsibility in networking that you may have is documenting and reporting things on your network. So this is where, let's say if you make a change or if a device goes down and you put another device in its place, this is where you want to go back to your network diagrams or your topology, wherever you keep your topology diagrams. This is where you want to go back and make the changes on those diagrams because a lot of times when it comes to troubleshooting, believe it or not, that documentation comes in clutch. Um, there's plenty of times where you'll be troubleshooting the issue and you have to refer to your diagram. That way you can look at a picture of the network similar to how if you have done any labs in, um, in your CCNA courses where the labs have that topology. So pretty much this diagram is going to be your topology, but on a larger scale where the labs may have just two routers, two switches in the topology. This is going to be a topology for your whole environment. So if you're troubleshooting one issue, you can see the path or the devices that that, that, that uh, device is connected to. And that way your issue may not be on that device. You may have to hop on another device, but you're able to get a view of it, kind of a picture of how that network is. So that, that uh, network diagram, it comes in clutch because this is where you're going to have what ports are connected where on each device. And still, too, you can still do a command on the, if you're, if you're running Cisco devices, you can still do a CDP neighbors and see what's, what's connected. But it always comes in handy and it always helps out when you have that network diagram to go by. So in networking, your documentation is clutch. Um, pretty much in any IT department, you always want to document. Uh, documentation, I'd say that's probably half of the job, if not more, if, well, at least in value-wise. Because without good documentation, it makes your day longer when troubleshooting issues that someone else has already came across. So you always want to document what you find, document your fixes, and have a way to keep up with them. So this is where you're going to document your network diagrams, any changes, make sure you update those changes. And then also you're going to have to make sure that you have your configurations for your devices backed up in some sort of way. So your company may have a application that that goes goes in and does it automatically every so often or you may be doing it manually depending on what type of environment you're in depending on if you got a large environment and then if you're doing some network automation then you may have a python script that goes in and gets a backup config of all your devices and then you want to make sure you have somewhere where you can store those configs because those backup configs is, is a lifesaver because when your devices go down and let's say you have to go off site, you know, you go off site, you can make sure you just pull down that config real quick, have it on your thumb drive or your laptop or whatever. Then when you get to the device, you just go ahead and, you know, import it in or copy and paste it in whichever way you, you prefer. But it, it saves time because you don't have to go back and do that configuration from scratch again, which doing it from scratch, sometimes it uh, may not take too long to get it up and running, but just to make sure that you have it the way that it was before it went down. So the next thing in networking that you come across is, you hear me mention it in the beginning of the video, is this is where you kind of get introduced to the change management process. Uh, so usually uh, I would say from desktop on up, like I say, you start getting projects, you start making changes. But when you get a networking, security, uh, server, 
some things like that where a change you do may might affect the whole environment. A lot of times you're going to have to use a change management. So what the change management is, is usually a process or an application that your environment may have to where if you need to do a change on the network, you know, you're going to put in a request that, oh, I need to do this change on this date and this time. And what it does, it kind of lets the IT team or your environment know that, okay, at this time, this is going on. That way, everyone is in the loop. That way, at that time, if whatever you do cause issues, then it ain't no, um, people know directly who to come to. So it's not like we got to hunt around and see what's, what's going on or if any changes being made because we got that change management that said, oh, such and such is doing this at this time on this date. So that's where the change management come in handy. So as you start getting into your higher roles in IT, you're going to start coming across some form or some form of fashion of a change management system, depending on their environment. Usually every one of them is going to have something because everyone in IT needs to be in the loop because what I do might affect you in serviting. What I do might affect you in security. So just to keep everyone in the loop of what's going on on the network, this is where that change management is going to come into play. So the next thing on my list that you get introduced to also, pretty much you get introduced to this as, a, as soon as you get in desktop, then as you move up, this is always going to be with every department, is your projects. So in networking, uh, your projects is going to be a little bit more complicated than it was in desktop. So in desktop, some of your projects may just be getting together PCs for a new location or doing, uh, putting software on this PC, you know, it, it could be anything. But when you get in networking, they're not going to be that straightforward. So some of your networking projects is going to be projects that you really have to go and do some research on. Um, you know, you may be implementing a new technology that your environment doesn't have. So you may be the lead on that. It may be a new application that's that your environment is trying to bring up and stand up on the environment. And you may be in charge of that. So it comes down to you having to do a lot of uh, research, maybe outside of work, you know, doing research on that new technology that you're about to implement. And then two, some companies will hire like a, uh, someone from the outside that specializes in that, depending on the project. But in most cases, all of them aren't going to be as big as to where they need to hire someone on the outside that specializes. Most of the time, it may be something where someone on the inside can handle it, and then you may be the lead on it. You still may have to go and do some research just to make sure that you understand that technology and you understand the commands you may need to put in, and you understand if you need other devices to be put in. So just uh, the pro getting used to doing projects. And also at this point, you hear me say it all the time, but I think projects is what's going to make you uh, valuable in networking and anything above networking, anything, well, not above, but anything in, the, in that realm, such as security or server environment or, you know, development, any one of those categories, you know, you want to keep track of your projects because your projects is something that, you know, you can put on your resume, uh, something that stands out, especially if it's a new application and you're doing a project and, you know, you get it up and running. So pretty much you've been dealing with this project maybe for a couple of months, you know, it inside and out. So, you know, you should be proud to put that on your resume and God forbid, if you happen to leave that location, go to a different location. A lot of times the location you go to may be trying to implement that project that you just completed. So it could be a win-win to where it could help you to get a pay increase 
or it could help you to get a better job. Not saying leave your old job, but you know, things happen, life happens. So keep track of your projects because, you know, I think it's something that uh, makes you real valuable in the IT industry. And then also when you're not doing projects and you're not uh, troubleshooting issues and you're not doing change management and you're not just monitoring your network, pretty much you need to stay up to date with any kind of new technologies, any kind of newest trends and any kind of best practices within your industry, within your field, within your specialization. So just staying up. This could be if you're a CCNA, it could be you taking the time to go out and study and become a CCNP, or it could be you taking the time to go and learn this other technology that y'all may be about ready to implement at your job. So you always want to stay up to date. So you're always learning. You're always learning. So you never, it's not like, oh, I done made it as an engineer. I'm through learning. I don't need to do nothing else. So you're pretty much, you're always going to be learning. You're always going to be getting better. And you're always going to be going for that next achievement. So it may not be certification wise, but it may be a project thing that you, you're trying to achieve. Or it could be just uh, moving up to another role. Either, either one, you're always learning. So you stand up to date with the newest technologies, best practices, and the current trends. So let's look at some popular network certs. So one cert that's real popular, um, this cert, I can't say that it's going to land you a network admin role or network engineer role, but it is a good basic uh, certification just for IT in general. And that's CompTIA's Network Plus. Uh, so you have that. And then also uh, Cisco just bought one uh, entry-level networking cert, which is the CCST networking. So that's pretty good also. And then also, of course, you have the CCNA and also the CCMP. And then there's uh, other companies that also have certs too, like uh, Juniper has some certs. Um, there's a couple of, I know Palo Alto has security certs. So there's a, a couple of certs, but most of the most popular ones that you hear of all the time, of course, is uh, CompTIA's Network Plus and then Cisco's CCNA and CCMP certifications. But also with those certifications, if you get a CCNA certification and let's say you go somewhere that doesn't have Cisco uh, equipment, they may have Juniper equipment or they may have uh, Arista equipment. Uh, uh, so a lot of times those, the commands is kind of similar. So being that you already know the terminology, you may be able to get just figure your way around it. And then also that that could still help you land that job role. They may require you if it's a, if they're using all Juniper products, they may require you to go and get that certification too. But it's just you have to uh, deal with that fork in the road when you get to it. And then last, we're going to look at the average salary for a network engineer. So this is in the U.S. So at this time of my recording, the average salary for a network engineer is ranges from 61000 up until 140000 So that's a network engineer. Uh, usually if you make it to senior engineer, it may be on the higher scale than if you make it to a CCIE level or a architect or expert then it could be a little bit higher than that. So that brings me to the end of this episode. If you're on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, please follow me at IT. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at debtfreeinit at gmail.com. Other than that, I'll see you next week. Peace.